0: have your Bibles this morning, we're going to be in Matthew chapter number 5 again. Matthew chapter number 5. You know, I, um, I began um, teaching out of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, and I mentioned to you that we are probably going to visit that, that place a whole bunch this summer, because you know what, it's one of the, it, it's Jesus' first opportunity to present some kingdom principles. It was one of the first times that he taught his disciples about how the kingdom of God is different than any other kingdom. How the kingdom of God is is is, is completely uh, opposed to where the, the way this world acts. And and he talked about in, in Matthew chapter number five how to live the blessed life. And I think we all responded that we want to be blessed, don't we? Every one of us in here want to be blessed. Every one of us in here want to live a blessed life. And, and the world's definition of blessed and God's definition of blessed aren't always the same thing. We're reminded that being blessed is not where you live. It's not what's in your bank account. It's not how much your salary is. Being blessed is so much more than that. Amen? Being blessed is having faith that can take you through life no matter what you're going through. You know what? In the world's eyes, some would say, well, my dad's not very blessed this morning, but because I know his faith is in Jesus Christ, I know he's more blessed than so many others I know today. Amen? But our faith is what carries us through, and we talked about how to live the blessed life. So last week was really a reminder on what we should be. You know, the Beatitudes are more about what we should be. It's how how our heart should be, the condition of our heart and how we should respond. Well, this week, as I continue with verses 13 through 16, we're going to talk about what we should do. So in light of what we should be, in light of the kingdom principles that we're supposed to apply in our lives, what should be the response? What should we do? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about being salt. We're going to talk about being light. Let's pray this morning, and then we're going to read the word, and we're going to get to the message. Lord, I just pray right now that you would touch each and every one of us today. I ask right now that you would anoint me as a preacher, Lord God, to communicate this message like you communicated it to me. Lord, I pray that you would help the the people of this church to recognize that we have a job to do, that there is something that is our responsibility, and and, uh, in light of the kingdom of God and how we're trying to build the kingdom, there are some things we need to do. And I pray today that you would help us to embrace that fact and and to be everything that you want us to be. It's in Jesus Christ's name I pray and everybody would say, amen and amen. If you have your Bibles this morning, we're going to be reading out of Matthew chapter number 5. Matthew chapter number 5, verses 13 through 16. Let's get started in verse 13. This is right after the Beatitudes. This is kind of Jesus went through the Beatitudes. This is kind of the second paragraph, if you will, of his message to his disciples. And here's what he told them. Again, he's talking to the disciples. He's talking to his followers. He's talking to those like you and me that are trying to serve the Lord. And, And in verse number 13, he says, You are the salt of the earth. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It's thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and trodden under the foot of men. Then he says in verse 14, You are the light of the world. A city that is on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do men light a candle, put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it gives light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works glorify your father, which is in heaven. You see, Jesus really gave two different illustrations right here to illustrate the same point. He was trying to tell his disciples that there are some things that we need to be about. There are some things that we need to do. I looked up in the pantry today and I found this box of salt. You can tell it's boiling season and you always got to have this around, right? Okay. And, um, And one of the things he told us as disciples, he told his disciples 2,000 years ago, I'm telling you as his disciples today, you need to be salt. There are some characteristics about this white stuff that is unlike any other white stuff around. There's some characteristics about this thing called salt that you and I as Christians need to have similar characteristics. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. He also said not only should we be salt, but we should also be light, Okay. This is one of them, uh, this one in police officer flashlights, okay? These things come in handy at camp, and it's kind of dirty. Boys, what did y'all do with this, okay? Y'all let Noah use it or something? I mean, what what did y'all do, okay? But another thing that Jesus said is not only should we be salt, but we should also be light. You know, this reminds me of a message I did long ago when I was a youth pastor here, and my light was a lot stronger than this, and and it was kind of a Q-beam, and I accidentally woke somebody up who was sleeping. Now, guys, don't try to go to sleep on me, okay? This light light might not wake you up, but if I get close enough, it might get your attention, okay? I'll tell that story at the senior adult rally. Senior adult rally, you come out. I got a great story for you. You need to come. But Jesus said we need to be salt and we need to be light. And there are characteristics about salt. There's characteristics about light that you and I as Christians need to embrace today. Okay? So let's look at what they are. Let's look at what Jesus was trying to tell his disciples. The same thing he's trying to tell you and I today. The first thing Jesus said is that you are the salt of the earth. You are the salt of the earth. And what are some characteristics about salt? The most most important thing I, I love about salt is its distinctive. I mean, there is nothing like this stuff right here, okay? It is distinctive. It changes its surroundings, okay? You know what? Could you imagine? We've got some great cooks in here. By the way, it's one of the many reasons we do Joy Fellowships, because I'm a big fella and I love to eat, and you seniors just know how to cook, okay? But could you imagine? Could you imagine, Sister Annalie cooking without salt? I mean, it's, it's possible. Sometimes there's salt replacements, but, but it ain't like the real thing, is it? Okay. Could you imagine having to cook without salt? Could you imagine, Jennifer, uh, when, when Brandon balls some seafood, could you imagine him? By the way, I really hated to have to take a rain check on that yesterday. Uh, could you imagine him boiling seafood without salt? Man. Oh, we wouldn't want that, would we? Why? Because salt is distinctive. Everybody knows what salt is, okay? Everybody knows that taste of salt. You ever had something and it was too salty? Or you ever had something that needed salt? I remember my nanny one time was, was cooking something, and, and she was actually mad at her husband, and she put way too much salt in stuff, okay? And, and And my nanny never let the truth get in the way of a good story, okay? So we were like, this is kind of salty. She said, I ain't put no salt in there. Okay. We were just talking, telling stories about family a couple days ago. And, and it reminded me of that because too much salt, man, you know it. But you ever had something with not enough salt? You ever had something that was so bland and it's like, anybody got salt? Anybody got some Tonys? By the way, you do realize the number one ingredient in Tony Sashry's is salt. Okay. Got a little red pepper, got a few other little things in it, but it's really salt. Okay, But salt is distinctive. You know what salt is. You also know what it's used for. Salt is distinctive. You and I as Christians need to be distinctive as well. You and I need to be different from our surroundings. Here's the great thing about salt. When you apply salt to your food, when you apply salt to something, it changes everything around it. Sadly, so many times as Christians, we allow our circumstances, our situations, those that are around us to change us instead of being the salt of the earth that God wants us to be and changing our surroundings. So guys, we need to make up our mind today that we're going to be salt. We need to make up our mind today that we're going to do what God has called us to do. That's change our surroundings. So glad to have Pastor Tommy Sr. with us. Just came back from a missions trip to India. Tell you what, Pastor, when you went to India, those some circumstances and surroundings that needed changing, Right? (laughs) Wow, I, can, I I wish time permit for you to tell us those things. I look forward to maybe a lunch and you tell me some of those things. And But here's the deal. He went there to be salt. He went there to be a light. He went there to change the circumstances that he saw. Guys, that's just not for pastors. That's just not. That doesn't just work in India. It works everywhere. It works at Walmart. How about tomorrow when you go to Walmart, say, Lord, help me be salt today. Help me change my circumstances. Help me change my surroundings. But salt is distinctive. Salt also preserves. It changes things. It it helps preserve. It penetrates. Man, it's amazing. A little bit of this can go a long way, can't it? Okay, just a little bit of this can go such a long way. Salt penetrates, salt flavors. Man, if you've ever had something that was bland, you you reach for the salt. You ask for the salt. It flavors. That's what you and I are supposed to do. We're supposed to change our circumstances. We're supposed to flavor this world that we live in. Guys, we need to make up our minds to be salt. This is pretty good. Salt is quiet. It's visible, but it works silently. Doesn't make a big to-do about itself, but it makes a big difference. Salt spreads. Again, just a little bit a little pinch of salt sometimes is all it takes and it spreads when you're cooking your beans and you put a little salt in there when I'm cooking my jambalaya in my big black iron pot and, and I put a little salt in there and I begin to stir it Sister Eloise it spreads out it, it multiplies itself man Salt's an amazing thing. And that's why Jesus said, we need to be the salt of the earth. But then he gave a warning. Not only did he say we had to be salt, but there's a warning he gave. He said, but if the salt has lost its savor, what good is it? It's good for nothing but to be cast out and trodden under the foot of men. We need to make sure that, guys, we don't lose our savor. We need to make sure that we're everything that God wants us to be. Amen. We need to make sure that 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 we continue to change our circumstances. You know, I've heard this said before as an illustration, but 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 God intends us as Christians not to be thermometers, but to be thermostats. We're not supposed to be thermometers that can kind of read a temperature and kind of kind of see what the surroundings are. It doesn't take much to recognize that this world has some evil in it. Doesn't take long for us to recognize that our schools could use some change in. Doesn't take us long to realize that the things that we go through each and every day could be a lot better. But what we need are thermostats. We need thermostats, Michael, that work properly. Thank you for making all of our thermostats and ACs work properly. How many love how cool it is in here today? A month ago it wasn't because of that man it is today. But we need thermostats. We need things that we can set them to a different temperature and then it goes to work. And it changes its surroundings. That's what you and I are called to do. That's what you and I as Christians are called to do. Some of us, you've been working at a a workplace and you're like, God, why am I still here? God, I don't like this workplace. By the way, I've been there before, okay? Remember when your pastor was whining about all that time I was teaching at the school? Okay, thank you for putting up with me. But okay, some of you are like, why am I here? You're there to make a difference. You're there to be a thermostat. You're there to be salt. You're there to transform your surroundings. Let's make sure we don't lose our savor. Let's make sure we don't lose our joy. Let's make sure we're doing and being everything God wants us to be. Amen? But see, Jesus knew that sometimes his disciples were hard-headed. Okay? Y'all have heard me say this before, that my nickname growing up was Du. Now, those of you that know a little French, I don't have to explain that. But for those of you who don't, that means hardhead, okay? So if my nickname was hardhead, you kind of figured that I probably needed to hear more things more than once, right? Well, Jesus knew that sometimes his disciples would be a little tête-due. So he said, I'm going to give them another illustration. If they don't get the sold illustration, I'm going to tell them another story. And that's when he says in verse 14, you are the light of the world. You're the light of the world. A city that is on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel. But on a candlestick it gives light unto all that are in the home. Then he says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So what are some characteristics of light? What are some characteristics of light that that Jesus wants us to emulate? some of those characteristics is light is clean. It's pure. You and I are supposed to be pure. How many have figured out it's kind of hard sometimes to stay pure in this world. Okay. But I got good news for you. When you find yourself a little dirty, when you find yourself a little impure, 1 John 1 and 9 is for you. If we confess our sins, he's what? Faithful and just to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He forgives you. He gives second chances. But light is supposed to be pure. It's supposed to be clear. It penetrates. Just like salt, it penetrates. You know, if we killed all the lights right now, and and, and we're not going to do that, okay? But, but if we if you go into a dark place and you turn on the light, it changes everything, doesn't it? It changes everything. Okay? Those of you that like to hunt and fish or maybe deer hunters out there, we go into our stands before daylight. We come out of our stands after dark and, and you gotta have a good flashlight, huh? I, I really I really hate it when my kids were young. They'd play with my stuff and, and I'd go to turn my light on and, and it wouldn't look that good, Ronnie. It would look really, really faded. I'm like, oh great. Okay? And and, and, and but a light dispels the darkness. That's why Jesus said we're supposed to be a light. Because we're supposed to dispel darkness. We're supposed to go into situations that maybe need light and be that light. That's what Jesus said we are. We are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Now, keep in mind, Jesus is telling this story in, 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 the, in, in, the, in the area of Jerusalem. Jerusalem, for those of you that have been there, it's up on a mountaintop. It's, it's in an area. You can see it from very far away. Many times cities were put on mountaintops. Why? Because it's a strategic position. It's a place that's easily defended. And it's also an illustration that Jesus was giving that you can see that city from a long way off. So, guys, we need to be that light of the world. We need to be that city up on a hill. We need to be someone that can be seen by, by the world and make a difference. Light enlightens. It reveals. It guides. You know, going back and forth to that deer stand, you want to make sure you have a good light so you can see where you're going, so you can make sure you're revealing what, what, what's really there. Light strips away the darkness shows you the right way instead of the wrong way light warns you know guys our our church is called lighthouse community church we're supposed to be a lighthouse we're supposed to to be a warning we're supposed to be a symbol that, that 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 tells about the goodness of god anybody in here ever was scared of the dark i'm not gonna have you lift your hands okay there you go somebody still lifted their hand okay uh, you know, I, because it'd be kind of embarrassing if, like, Pastor Ronnie lifted his hand, okay? You know, or, or Brother Ricky lifted his hand. Anyway, yeah, so I'm not going to ask you to lift your hand, okay? We had a little girl that she lifted her hand. But it's okay when, when a 10-year-old says, I'm a little scared of the dark, okay? Guess what, honey? You're not the only one, though, okay? It, it Truth be known, I still don't like the dark a whole, whole lot. And by the way, you know one of the creepiest places are churches after. Okay? Now, this church is not too creepy, but there was a church I once I was a youth pastor in in Arlington, Texas. We weren't in the finest neighborhood of Arlington, Texas. And, Brother Ricky, whenever I'd go lock up, I had to turn. The, there was a light switch on the end of the hall. Why didn't they put them right by the door? But I had to turn the switch off and then walk down the hall to get out. I remember one time I'm walking down that hall and Noah, when I say it was dark, it was dark. Couldn't see my face, and I mean my hand in front of my face. All I saw was one of them little cheap exit signs with one light burned out at the very end of the hall. And I'm walking down the hall and the pastor had a son who was very, very bad. Yeah, that's a good way to put it, okay? Ended up going to the military, doing some great things. But he decides to jump out and scare me. Guys... I came this close to hitting the pastor's son, okay? Because, Michael, I was already a little nervous, okay? So I got my eye on the prize. I'm heading that way. And then just out of nowhere, as he jumps, Ronnie, and he goes, ah, okay? I grabbed Michael. If you're watching on Facebook, I love you, kid. I grabbed Michael by the throat, okay? And, And I know the Bible says lay hands suddenly on no man. But, hey, I wasn't being very scriptural. But thankfully, he screamed before I slugged him. Okay? Because did I mention we weren't in the finest neighborhood? Okay? So I was already pretty nervous, John. And, and next thing you know, the kid decides to scare me. Guys, I, I, the dark is not a cool place sometimes. Sometimes we get nervous in the dark, okay? but But here's the deal. What's needed in a dark place? A light. Uh, You know, these were days before these cool phones. I could have put my phone on and I would have seen the little goofball hiding in the corner to scare me. This story would have been so much different. But back then we had, man, what kind of phones we had like around 2000, the flip phone or the razor. They didn't have much of a light, but here's the deal. A light would have changed everything. Guys, you and I are the light of the we can change everything. We can change our circumstances. We can change our surroundings. That's what Jesus wants us to be. So what he was telling us is we got to be salt. We got to be light. It's what we're supposed to do. These are the characteristics that we're supposed to do. So that's really good, preacher. So how do I do it? How do we do it? It's easy for us to say, be salt. It's easy for us to say, be light. But how should we respond? What should we be focused on? I, th- I think there's two areas, and I want to talk to you about that in just a moment. It's how we talk and how we walk. How we talk and how we walk, I think, says more about us being salt and more about us being light than any other thing we could do. So when it talks about how we talk, turn with me to Colossians chapter number 4. Colossians chapter number four. We're talking about our talk. We're talking about the things that we say, how we talk, and, and let's look at that together. Colossians chapter number four. Verse number six. It says this. Let your speech, how we talk, be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. Let our speech always be seasoned with grace. Guys, you know, sometimes we say things we shouldn't say. I'm not the only one who's guilty of that. Sometimes we don't always season our speech with enough love. Amen? You know, the the Bible says that we should speak the truth in love. Sometimes we forget about that love part. I've met some folks who love to speak the truth but they forget to season it with love. Our speech should be seasoned with salt. Our speech should be seasoned with grace. We also want to be reminded today that we got to speak faith. You know, if you've been in any of my wife's Wednesday night teaching, you know that she is strong about the things we say. Why? Because our words prophesy our future. I've heard it said that the man who thinks he can and the man who thinks he can't are both usually right. If you speak truth, if you speak faith, guess what? You're going to live a life that's, that's full of God coming through for you. But if you're sp- constantly speaking negative, if you're constantly saying, woe is me, if you're constantly saying, well, I can't do this, I can't do that, I'm going to fail, it's not going to work out, guess what? It probably won't. We need to watch the words that we say because our words have great power. Our words have creative power. How did God create everything that we see? He spoke it into existence. He spoke it. God, our Father, the creator of this universe, spoke everything we see into existence. That's the power that's in our words. So guys, we need to watch what we say. You need to watch what you say when you're mad. Okay, You need to watch what you say when you're frustrated. Parents, this summer with your kiddos, watch what you say. Ooh, now you're now you, now you, now you, now you on my toes, preacher. Guys, we need to watch what we say. We need to watch how we say what we say. We need to make sure we season it with love. So guys, if we're going to be salt, if we're going to be light, we need to watch the way we talk. We need to speak faith. We need to season our speech with grace. Sometimes the best thing you can say Is nothing at all. I've told this to a few teenagers. Sometimes you need to learn a lesson from the fish. He would have just kept his mouth shut. He'd never got caught. Amen? There's a teenager just wrote that down. Be a fish. Okay? Watch what you say. Watch what you say. Just this week, we were getting together with the football team, and and we had a couple young players, and, and we call our freshmen on the team squirrels, okay? And uh, we have a certain freshman who's looking at me now. I have his attention, Caden. And uh, he does not like being called a squirrel, okay? Noah, not, you're not a squirrel. Hayden, you're not a squirrel. Hunter, you're not a squirrel, okay? Caden, you're a squirrel, okay? But here's the deal. I love him, so I call him King Squirrel, I'm like, you're the king, okay? And, and just between us, when I call him king, folks are probably going, wow, it, it's sharp for king squirrel, okay? But, 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 but here's the deal. There, there was a little time where after the game, you know, the coach likes to talk, and, and the king and his court weren't listening. And they were chit-chatting, and he almost got in a whole, whole lot of trouble, okay? Again... Remember, sometimes the best thing we can do is keep our mouth shut. Teenagers, let me help you with something. When you've done something wrong, when you hadn't cleaned your room in like a month and a half, okay, and, and, and maybe you came in late and, and you didn't do what you were supposed to do, when your mom or dad is upset with you, they have reason. Just keep your mouth shut. Just take it just say, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Some of you parents are going, this is good preaching. I like this guy. Okay. But here's the deal, guys. We need to watch what we say. We need to be very cautious with what we say. If we're going to be salt, if we're going to be light, if we're going to make a difference for the kingdom of God, and I think every one of us in here want to, we got to watch what we say. Amen. So not only do we have to watch the way we talk, we also have to watch the way we walk you have your Bibles today, turn with me to Ephesians chapter number 4. Ephesians chapter number 4, we're going to look at several different scriptures right here. Ephesians chapter number 4, Paul is talking about a Christian's walk. He's talking about how you and I should walk worthy of a calling that's on our lives. He begins with verse number 1 of Ephesians chapter number 4. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you. Now again, this is Paul. He's writing this epistle to the church at Ephesus. He's in prison. He's been through a lot. And he says, I beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation which, which you were called, with lowliness and meekness, with patience and forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. whole lot of good stuff right there. I'm not going to camp out there long, but we've got to walk right. We got to walk in unity, brothers. We need to walk in in meekness. We need to love we, we need to love one another. How many have figured out that love covers a multitude of sins? Okay? How many grandparents in here we got? We got a bunch of grandparents in here. Okay? Hey, does your love help you overlook a few things your grandkids do long, do wrong? Absolutely. Okay? I mean, hey, love covers. Love covers. That's for you, Pastor Tommy. You're a grandpa, man. You know, Oh, Asher, Aaron, Andrew. Yeah, you love those kids, okay? Love covers, man. Love allows us to overlook faults. That's how we should be with one another. Amen? That's how we should be with one another. We need to walk that way. Verse number 7. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Guys, how many know doing the right thing not always easy? But God gives you grace. God gives you grace to walk through a situation. God gives you grace to walk it out before men. Let's continue with verse number 25. Again, we're talking about the walk of a Christian. We're talking about how you and I should walk. Here's what we should do. Verse 25. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be ye angry, but sin not. How many know that ang- being angry is not a sin? Being angry is not a sin. Jesus was angry. No. Yeah. When he was in the temple, he walked in. Sister Josie, he saw them acting a fool. He was angry, okay? But he didn't react. He responded. The Bible says that he sat down and he began to fashion a cord. okay? I wonder if anybody looked at him and said, hey, what's he doing, Okay? You'll see. Okay? He was working on something, and then when he got up, he began to uh, to discipline the religious folk of the day. He began to explain to them, this is not the way the house of the Lord should operate. Jesus was angry, but it didn't lead him to sin. That's where we get in trouble. How many in here ever get angry? How many got angry this morning? Okay? <laughs> Some of you are like, yeah, you, were in the, you heard about our trip to church, right? Hey, you know what, guys? It happens, okay? But the key is it's okay to be angry. It's okay to get upset about things, but don't let it lead you to sin. That's where we get in trouble. We get angry, and then we get even. <laughs> we get angry, and then we lash out. We get angry, and then we say something or do something we shouldn't do. And so many times we hurt those that are closest to us. Hadn't you figured that out? The enemy loves to get you angry. The enemy loves to push your buttons, and then you react in a way that's not becoming a Christian. So let's remember, it's okay to get upset, but don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Don't let it simmer. Deal with it. Give it to God. Verse 27, Neither give place to the devil. Again, guys, when we get angry, the enemy is going to tell you, give that person a piece of your mind. Okay? Guys, if you're going to give somebody the peace of your mind, make sure it's your renewed mind. Okay? Don't tell them what you really want to tell them. I had a situation just a couple days ago. I saw something, and it got me a little upset as a dad. Okay? There was a whole lot of scenarios that played out before me, Pastor Tommy. There was a lot of different ways I could deal with it, and one of them included a right cross to the face. Okay? Pastor, did you think that? Yes, I did. You'll be glad to know my thoughts stayed between me and God, though. Okay, And I decided to pray through. By the way, that still works. How many old people realize praying through still works? When you fashay, when you upset about something, when you want to give somebody a piece of your mind, when you want to give somebody to what for, why don't you pray through first? Okay, A little prayer on the front end can, can save a whole lot of problems on the back end. Amen? So I decided to pray about it. I decided to seek the Lord about it. And guess what? It turned out it wasn't such a big deal after all have you figured that out? Boy, the enemy, don't give place to him. Don't allow him to, to, to make the situation even worse. Amen. Let's make sure that we, we, we walk worthy of the calling of Christ Jesus. Paul continues, verse 28, let him that stole steal no more, but neither let but, but rather let him labor, working with his hands, the thing which is good, and he may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication. Again, in the midst of our walk, we're going to talk about our talk again. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good, to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. You know what, guys? It's it's, it's a little test before you say what you say. Is it uplifting? Is it true? Is it it will it will it edify? Will it build up or will it tear down? Guys, we gotta watch what we say. Verse 30 and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. You know what, guys, that could be the real catch-all. For you and I as Christians, for you and I as Pentecostal believers, that could be the catch-all. And grieve not the Holy Spirit. You know what? We need to have such a close relationship with the Lord that when we say something that is not right, it grieves the Holy Spirit and He checks us immediately. Amen? So let's not grieve the Holy Spirit, wherewith you were sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tender hearted forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Ever had a hard time forgiving somebody? I have, okay? Ever had a hard time doing that? You know what? I, I feel pretty good about it sometimes, Seth, Till I get to that verse, okay? And when I start thinking, well, they don't deserve my forgiveness. I didn't deserve Jesus' forgiveness. Well, God, they didn't do anything to to, 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 to merit me forgiving them. Did we do anything to merit Jesus forgiving us? No. But God, I don't want to forgive them. You know what, guys? We need to remember what Christ did for us, what Christ did in your life, how quick he was to forgive, how how many times he's forgiven you time and time again. Because of his forgiveness, you can forgive others. Again, guys, we're talking about how you talk and how you walk. Let's continue with verse number five, and I'm almost done. Verses 1 and 2. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in what? Love. Walk in love as Christ has also loved us, and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling savor. savor. Verse number 8. For you were sometimes darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. Do you see how all this is tying together? We're supposed to season our speech with salt. We're supposed to walk as children of light. Guys, I really don't need to insult your intelligence by going through a laundry list of what's right and what's wrong. I think every one of you in here know what's right and know what's wrong. Every one of us have a conscience. Even folks that are not in church today, they know what's right, they know what's wrong. We know what's right and we know what's wrong. The problem is we don't always want to do right. <laughs> sometimes we just want to do wrong. But we need to make up our minds that if we're going to be salt, if we're going to be light, we do the right thing. That situation I told you about, I thought of a bunch of different things I could do. I decided to do the right thing. <laughs> You're never wrong to do the right thing. You're never wrong sometimes to keep your mouth shut. You're never wrong to pray about a situation. Wednesday night, we're talking in the book of James, and one of my favorite scriptures is James 1 and 5. If any man lacks wisdom, he can ask God for it. You're never wrong asking God for wisdom. Amen? Wisdom is more than knowledge. Knowledge is is, is knowing stuff. We got people who know a lot of stuff, okay? But wisdom is knowing how to apply that knowledge. Wisdom is knowing that we... Our knowledge is knowing that forgiveness is good. Wisdom is knowing how to walk in forgiveness to someone. Amen? So we need wisdom. Amen? Let's wrap things up. Verses 15 through 21 of Ephesians 5. Again, we're talking about our walk. See then, Paul says, that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. That means pay attention. Pay attention. You know, just the other day, I almost ran over a little girl. Why? Because she was on her phone, okay? And she was walking like this, okay? I'm not going to tell you a story, sweetie. Okay, but she was walking like this. And I'm a big dude, okay? So so I'm just walking and I see her, Holly, and she's coming and almost ran into her on purpose just to teach her a lesson. But I got right to her and I stepped. I said, excuse me. She jumped, almost dropped her phone. Little girl wasn't paying no attention, okay? And imagine if the object didn't move in front of her like maybe happened to somebody else, okay? But let me look over here because I don't want to look at Okay, but here's the deal, guys. We need to pay attention. We need to watch where we're going. It's probably the main reason why they don't allow phones at school. Cause you could you could you imagine the halls, Mike? Could you imagine the halls? They're already bad enough, but could you imagine if those kids were on their phones? Okay? I mean, it'd be like traffic jams, it'd be wrecks, it'd be NASCAR at Talladega, it'd be crazy. Okay? But guys, we need to walk circumspectly. We need to pay attention where we're going. We need to walk wisely. We're not just talking physically now, we're talking spiritually. Verse 16, Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore you are not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Guys, we need to understand what the will of the Lord is. What's the will of the Lord for you and I? To be salt and to be light. To make a difference where we're at. And be not drunk with wine wherein in excess, but be be filled with the Spirit. You see, guys... The enemy wants to fill you with all kind of junk. The world wants to fill you with all kind of nonsense. He wants to fill you with all kind of stuff, but the Lord wants to fill you with his spirit. He wants you to be full of his spirit. He wants you to be full of him. Why? So you can give it to others. Verse 19, speaking to yourself. By the way, every now and then, if you need an intelligent conversation, speak to yourself. Okay, anybody ever been there? (laughs) Why are you talking to yourself? I needed an intelligent conversation. Speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Friday night, I I spent the night with my dad and Chantel texted me and said, what you doing? I said, dad's sleeping and I'm singing to him. (sighs) I figured if anything, wake him up. Me hitting a few off notes would wake him up. Okay? But he didn't wake up and, and it's all good and and, and hopefully at his homegoing service, I can get Tommy Jr. to sing a little better than I did, okay? But, uh, but we need to sing. We need to give thanks. We need to worship. Verse 20, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Guys, if we're going to be salt, if we're going to be light, that means we got to be different. we got to be different. The Bible says in in Romans chapter number 12, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Last week, we talked about how to live the blessed life. And and, and the key to living the blessed life is living kingdom principles, which means you have to be different. You have to have a renewed mind. You have to realize that in the kingdom of God, things are different than this world. And guys, if we're going to be salt, if we're going to be light, we have to apply those kingdom principles each and every day in our lives. And I think the key to the whole thing is, Allowing the Spirit of God to guide you. You know, we are a Pentecostal church. We believe in the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And, 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 and it's awesome to be Spirit-filled. But it's even more awesome to be Spirit-led. See, it's not enough to just be filled with the Spirit. I've met folks who were talking in tongues one moment and talking in French the next. Okay? They were saying some things to God and then they'd say some things to people that were not appropriate. That's not being Spirit-led. These things ought not be so. Guys, your pastor is full of the Holy Ghost, but I also want to be led by the Holy Ghost. I want to do what he tells me to do. I want to say what he tells me to say. I want to be quiet when he tells me to be quiet. And i got good news for you. He's telling me to be quiet now. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, Pastor Tommy, if you'll come play. Guys, we're called to be salt. We're called to be light. We're called to be different from this world. And I just want to challenge you this morning. Would you just reaffirm your commitment to be what God wants you to be? Would you just reaffirm your commitment to be salt, to transform your surroundings? No longer to let your surroundings transform you. No longer let your surroundings influence you, but allow you to influence your surroundings. To allow the Holy Spirit of God to guide you in what you say, guide you in what you do. Guys, we gotta be different. We are the light of the world, Jesus said. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Some of us have been hidden long enough. Some of us have been so undercover with our faith that we're not making a difference that God wants us to make. There's some students in here today that you've been undercover with your faith. You've been you've been kind of playing, you've been kind of laying low with your faith. Guys, it ain't time for that anymore. The days are short. You got to stand up and be counted. You got to be bold for Jesus. You got to allow the Holy Spirit to guide you and lead you. Some of us need to change the way we talk or change the way we walk. The Holy Spirit will do that for you today. With every head bowed and every eye closed, you know it's really really hard to be salt. It's really hard to be light if if you don't know The Lord Jesus Christ is your personal Lord and Savior. You see, remember, this message this morning is for disciples. It's for those who are disciplined followers of the Lord. It's for those who've already committed themselves to the Lord. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ. I've got good news for you. You can get to know Him. He wants to get to know you as a friend. He wants to be there for you when nobody else will be. But it's all up to you. The Lord is a perfect gentleman. He won't force himself on anyone, but he has given himself willingly to everyone. You see, the Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life.